Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. Excited to have Berto Ramos with us today on the Titanium Vault. Berto is from Southern California. Berto, how are you doing today? We're doing good, RJ. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Berto, why don't you go into what it is that you do in real estate investing and how you got your start? Well, we're out in the Inland Empire. I have a business partner named Manny Marcus that you met uh, last week. Um, we do – our primary focus, obviously, is uh, is the acquisition of, of of rental properties and repositioning them and, and then moving them in the in, in more of a longer term future. We utilize flips as a source of capitalizing and, and raising private money and raising private equity. That that's our main goal. If somebody looks at us from outside, we'd look like a like a flip company, but we really do flip just so we could be able to have the capital to be able to buy the the rentals. That's really our end game. Um, I started back in um, back in 2000. It all it was all you know. I just, I graduated from high school um, 98, so I was two years out. And I was raised in an entrepreneurial family. My not only my parents owned businesses, so my uncles and aunts and everybody around me in town. We you know we were always in you know I didn't know any other world but self-employed world. I really didn't. Uh, so as expected, I was, you know, I've always been a dreamer. And uh, I remember watching those no money down um, infomercials on TV. And I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. I had a good cousin of mine. Uh, he's, I have a bunch of cousins, but this particular cousin was more like a best friend of mine. And uh, his uncles from, from his father's side, uh, which were not my uncles, they were the big real estate investors in town. Um, you know, and boy, I used to look at that and I used to say, oh, man, I wish I could do that. I, and then all of a sudden I went to go work with them. Um, you know, I was their gopher. I went, I went to go, I took the long drives with them to analyze property. Uh, you know, I saw the way the repairs were done. I saw the way they marketed. It was fascinating to me. Uh, so I dived in, but then I had to eat. And then, uh, so I, I dabbled in real estate, and that's really what I, uh, how I got my foot in the door. But I was more successful as a loan officer. That's really what I, um, really what kept me in the business uh, at the beginning stages of, of, of my investment career. Because you have to eat, my friend, and then if you don't eat, you know you're 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 going to want to get out of there right away. But I was I was quite good at the financing part of it. It was uh, something that came natural. And then as today, I, there's, there's evidence of that in the way I structure my deals, the way I raise money. It's still a finance world to me. Even though there's real estate rentals or flips, it's still a finance structure for me. And, and I think that's one of the major reasons why I'm, I'm able to keep doing what I'm doing because of that particular trait that I was able to fine-tune during the, the scarce times of, of trying to start in the business. Gotcha. So you became a loan officer. How how long were you a loan officer before you got back into the investing world? Uh, first, I, I mean, I was always a loan officer. I still own a direct lending branch here in Fontana. Manny's a broker, um, so we own a real estate office as well. 
Um, we don't particularly deal with it. My longtime assistant that I have for seven years, she heads the, the mortgage company, and, and Manny does too with his TC. I mean, we, we did it for quite a while. I always try to do something uh, in, in the world of investing. I, did, I realized that flipping was not what I thought it was really early. So I, I would say that I, I, I like from, like the reason, to answer the question, remember, I tried to be an investor first and always. I was, a, uh, I was a loan officer to try to survive and get deals, but I always try to keep my foot in the real estate investing world. And, and once I was able to get some money together and do this, I realized that flips were not what I thought they were. Everything that, that you read and everything, I was like, God, this is hard. Like, right. this is not an easy, this is a job. Here I am thinking I'm going to be like, um, you know, Donald Trump here or some other real estate tycoon <laughs> thinking I'm just going to sit back and be like, hey, I don't got to do nothing. Whoa, was I wrong. Exactly. I think we all have that realization uh, <laughs> once once we're in it long enough. All right, so you started in 2000 and then became a loan officer. Walk me through what your experience was like when you went through 2007 and 2008 through the crash. What was that like for you? Well, uh, I think that is, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade it anymore. I mean, hindsight, I wouldn't trade it in for the experience, but at the time it was brutal. Um, you know, it was a lot of us who, uh, I'll never forget, dude, how how everything just dried up. No matter what we were doing, you could have been an investor, a holder. It didn't matter. Everything just dried up. And I'll never forget that um, a lot of us, what a lot of people, a lot of people didn't like the business anymore for a while already. There was that 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 that, that was kind of the fraternity in, inside. There wasn't a lot of people who were happy with the market anymore. It crashed, and it, it really, but a lot of people were just unsatisfied with the unrealistic approach to it, and and it really defeated us, and I remember I went to go apply for a job as a salesman at, at a furniture store, and I swear this is not a joke, there was at least a hundred other real estate professionals applying for the same job. It was brutal. Wow. I mean, it was gone. It was um, it was a depressing time, only because I was still young and I didn't understand what the heck I was doing at the beginning. I I, I more see that as a as a um, as the errors that I committed. You know, I, I I don't I don't you know I don't look down upon that time anymore. However, um, we talked about that the other day, and and I think one of the things that scarred the majority of us that were in it was we had to um, we almost had to redefine ourselves all of us because people lose their identity every day you know that people lose their identity today they lost it last year but we all lost our identity at the same time of who we thought we were but we also had to recreate a, an identity all of us during a time of scarcity so that defined us today with a few bit of uh, really risk-averse personality traits because, because you know, if I lose myself today, because of the way the world is today, I'll be able to adapt and become, a you know, find the tools in today's world. But all of us had to find ourselves while the economy was completely destroyed. You and I met at a mastermind recently and... And my main question to you, 
as someone who did go through 2007-2008 was what did you learn from it and what would you do different or what are you doing differently this time compared to what you were doing back then? Um, if you can share your response, uh, that would be very much appreciated because I, I took it to heart and it really meant something to me. Sure, sure, sure. Um, well, the, the main thing that I'm doing different that I know for a fact is that I'm accumulating assets. And I'm accumulating it in the sense of rental properties um, and also reserves. However, uh, I'm more trying to beat inflation. It sounds weird, but in, in, and I'm telling you, it's the geekiest answer, but it's a legit thing. I mean, I, I'm trying to hold have some passive income because – if anything ever happens again, I could always fall back on my rentals. And my rentals gives me enough cash flow to live a, a, positive, a positive life. But I do believe that it's the, accumulating, the accumulation of assets. You guys, um, you and Cassie do so much. You guys, you guys are, are in the forefront of a lot of the big deals out there in your area. You know, as much as you guys can, I would always say, like, like you know, like, as a friend on the outside, accumulate the most assets that you could. Um, it's hard to, to take your $20,000, $30,000 um, profit, put it into something just to make $250, bucks a, a, a month a door. You're like, this, like the trade-off sucks. I'm, I'm, I can't even go – I can't even pay my light bill with this $300, yet I can have this $30,000, take my family on a trip and enjoy, and enjoy the life. But it's because I'm able to say, because I'm because I'm able to systemize the business to the point where I don't see the profit. It just kind of goes into the investment that really helps me because I used to be terrible with money. Like I I had I had to hide money from me or else I'll I'll spend it. I never really have cash in my pocket. I always like you know if I pull twenty bucks out the ATM, regardless it's gone. So I I right. kind of had to trick myself. So our business is created to the point where we're always acquiring, and as we're buying, something's always closing, and the capital goes there. There's never a chance for me and Manny to kind of swipe at it. So, but we're able to take that 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 uh, delayed gratification and move it into an asset. Like I said, I could enjoy this thirty thousand dollar profit, and and. Um, and, and live it lavishly, and, and living lavishly is not a problem, it's not an issue. Or I can take it, put it in an asset, um, you know, and you know, and then just enjoy the three the three hundred bucks a month I get from that from that particular unit. If I buy a multi unit, I'll get two hundred, three hundred dollars a unit. Um, I'm more happier with that now. Yes, right. it was tough as I was accumulating it, but. You know, it, it it helped me because there really it really was a sign of the time. I mean, it was almost frowned upon in our area to be kind of flashy during the hard times. Nobody really wanted to feel that way. So uh, I know I mentioned a lot of personal things like like feeling fake when I was, uh, you know, while everything was crashing and so forth. But I think you I think you, you I think you guys got it good in the sense of, of knowing what you guys want to do with, with yeah, your I mean, capital. Yeah, my my takeaway was is avoid the sexiness of the payday of the flip 
and and having that cash reserves just sitting there and saying, look, I just made a hundred thousand or a hundred fifty thousand. That's right. When in the end, that can quickly be taken away from you. That's um, right. You, you know, it's a lesson to be learned for anybody who's newer in this industry and and just really tasting success for the first time. Um, you know, I, I got to spend time with you and, and several other very successful investors who sh lost everything in 2007 and 2008. And it would be naive of us to think that something like that, maybe not at the same level, but a correction or a downturn, right. slight downturn, could still mean catastrophe for, for people in this industry. So it's very important to... Keep your eyes open and, and learn from the history. Learn from people who have been there before, like yourself, and, and very much so accumulate those assets. That's something that we're working on. And for anybody that's in this business, I think it should be an end goal. I mean, you, you should be striving for that passive income. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's not sexy to go to your friends and family and say, hey, I make $300 a month on this property. But <laughs> at the end, it is if you have yeah, 300 of those, you know. So, that's right. Well, so I, I want to how are you, how are you and Manny trying? How are y'all accumulating those assets? You say you're you're flipping to then turn around and acquire rental units. So walk me through that, that that's process. That's correct. I I we spend the majority of our education time learning the analytics of of uh, of rental property as opposed to your really basic. Well, this is the mortgage payment. This is the rent. Here's your cash flow. Uh, we do it more on uh, portfolio-based, so we buy a pool of property, and we pretty much do the same thing that flippers do, but then since we're doing it in a flip, um, sorry, in a rental, we, we, um, we flip it to ourselves, but it's a process as well as, um, for instance, I, I, this is the easiest way I can say it. Uh, for us, a, a flip is based on the spread, not the loan-to-value or the cents on the dollar, per se. For instance, a flip is if it has $75,000 margin, that's a good flip. Uh, however, if I'm going to buy rentals, I'd rather buy them cents on the dollar. I'll give you an example. If I buy something here in Fontana uh, that's going to have $75,000 margin, I'm probably only getting it for $0.85 cents on the dollar. That 15% is big enough in my market to, to give me $75,000 thousand dollar spread or a hundred thousand dollar spread however i'll go to a smaller market in california like bakersfield or outside of riverside county hammond and i'll buy something that's 60 cents on the dollar but it only has thirty five thousand dollar margin because the price point is so low so a flipper won't pick that pr property up necessarily they won't go out and fight for it like they'll fight for this one with the seventy five thousand dollar margin the reason that I buy them at cents on the dollar, and that's more important, is because after we reposition those assets and we pull five to ten of those exact assets, whether they're single-family, duplex, four-unit, uh, multi-unit, whatever it is, then we create a portfolio of that specific asset, uh, of that specific pool of assets. It could be five, ten. I have some that have 15 um, and and then that particular portfolio is the turns into the asset. Does that make sense? It's almost it's it's so yes. all these all these type of things we learn. Uh, we educate ourselves more on the type of 
the type of debt that we utilize, whether it's debt, cash, equity, whatever it is, that is where I would, you know, jokingly say, that's where I say I strive to be a scholar in. Flipping um, becomes so much easier when I'm able to create a machine that kind of just dumps the money, not wildly. It, it, it dumps it strategically into well-structured assets that I'm acquiring because, again, I don't, I don't, if, if it crashes, if I don't structure it right, I could lose my rentals too and everything I was just saying was, was for nothing. Right. So when you're going out and you're initially acquiring these assets, when you're quote-unquote going to flip them, are you using hard money, private money? How are you financing those those units? I I, I do the following. Uh, we did a um, we 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 created a fund through a uh, private uh, private placement memorandum, with, which is an SEC uh, form, where I don't have to be licensed with certain series licenses to run a hedge fund. It's not like that. It's a fund that strictly was is designated for that. It gives me the actual flexibility. Now, um, there's that's one that's that's another conversation on its own and, and I, I think you know that. Just to be able right. to structure that type of fund, raise capital, find high net worth individuals and and manage their capital as they're that's a that's a whole nother series of of, of of questions. But at the end of the day, it gives me the opportunity that even a very lenient private money lender wouldn't give you. For instance, the private money lender is going to look at the asset and then say, well, here, here you go. Once you have the fund, you're pretty much buying it as your own, but you still have to be extremely responsible because if anybody saw anything that happened to Bernie Madoff, you, you don't do it right and you can go to jail. This is not one of those where they'll suspend your license or, or do anything like that. So you have to be well, well structured, but, I I do do the following because I was able to have a, a great track record through the private money side. Um, I was able to really understand how to raise equity, and then I was able to go out and get what's called guidance lines from big institutions. They're like giant lines of credits um, that's allocated for you that that are revolving and they're commercial. Yeah, they're not going to give you 100 cents on the dollar, but they pretty much guarantee you that you can go out and do uh, what you want. So they give you these really enormous uh, lines of credits that, that, the, that the institution uh, backs with your track record and your balance sheet. So the, the, the indirect consequence of always accumulating assets, whether it's a bunch of money in the bank and a bunch of, uh, a bunch of rentals, is that you can go into these really exclusive uh, financing places and they'll just be like, what do you want? Here you go. But that's only done because I was able to raise the capital. Uh, I was able to raise debt capital, private debt capital, and now private equity capital, which is... Um, and you know what? I am not a... I have zero college education, my friend. I'm just a high school guy. It doesn't take that it doesn't take some big old PhD or MBA to do this. However, remember, I was in financing, so I was able to understand the ins and outs of deeds of trust. But it's still all about trust, my friend. It's still all about can you 
elude trust and 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 trust gets fabricated through your through uh social proof through uh third party verification people who vouch for you uh through your track record it really was our track record i mean you met me i mean both of us we have beards and 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 and, and just on the side note uh you're a beard guy like me so so you know absolutely uh, a, a bad day with a beard is better than a Dude, uh, we had the it's we had the two. Than, it's better than a good day with what with none. Dude, so, we had the two best beers at the mastermind. Yeah, that's, right. that's all that's I'm right. saying. That's right. <laughs> so a lot of people would look at me and be like, "You don't look like these Harvard guys who who manage capital." I'm I I don't, but I am a hands on guy. I am an investor. I am a guy who goes out and puts on the hard hat. Not technically, but but I go out and work, man. I mean, and right. and I give my investors a return, and I give them the right. I give them the right reports, and they're happy. They 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 get it. So it it doesn't take it doesn't take a lot to do this. It just takes doing. Right. My takeaway from everything that you've talked about as far as financing properties is don't put all your eggs in one basket. You didn't right. go out and create the fund and then say, okay, that's how we're funding everything. You went out and you got lines of credits, and you have sure. other connections with private money lenders. And I'm assuming you even have connections to hard money lenders as well. That's in correct. Area. Yeah, so for sure. You can go out, and like you said, the line of credit might not give you 100%, but it might give you the vast majority, and then you could fund the rest with the fund, correct? That's right, That's a, and yeah. that's what I do. That's right. what I do in those situations. Right, and, and, and that's, to me, that's next level investing you know you're you're going out and you're giving yourself more tools in your tool belt and then you're allocating them correctly across the board to make sure that you can build the kind of net worth and passive income that you want so that's uh that's what i took away from just meeting you for a couple of days and man I, i'm telling you I, I barely slept this weekend thinking about <laughs> everything that you you taught me so thank you for that no, I appreciate it, man. No, you, you, you guys are on it too, man. It wasn't, it wasn't an unbalanced group, man. It, it, it was a group of some real good hitters, man. Right. So another thing that I want to talk to you about is why do you do everything that you do in real estate? I mean, obviously, you know, you got started at a young age. You took a huge hit. Now you've come back stronger than ever, and and you you have very ambitious goals for your company. What what is the driving force behind this ambition that you have for your company? Well, that's a good question because it it, it really it, it it falls even beyond that simple why, right? I can say it's for my kids. I could say it's for a, a style of living. I could I, I could even go out there and be very philanthropist type. But there is a there is a joy that I do get from um, from from helping others. I mean. Uh, if you would see the way the dynamics are of my business, there's always a, a daily dose of helping somebody, of uh, of of, uh, of creating. There's this that I really enjoy. For instance, and it sounds weird, but but my main thing, like and, and Manny knows this, we have a nonprofit that we uh, where where we where we have uh, services. But my particular side of the nonprofit that I really like is is I really enjoy helping entrepreneurs. I mean, you you were the you and I think Ryan were when Ryan said that great story about his pops in the airline. I thought that was amazing. And then you 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 shared your story about your mother being an entrepreneur. You know, 
just because you have a job doesn't mean you're not an entrepreneur. And just because you're self-employed doesn't make you an entrepreneur. There is this, um, there is this human spirit drive that makes a lot of us great. And to me, I, that's that next level stuff. That's that next level because, you know, I've been successful and, and been down on myself. You know, like um, there's nothing wrong in my life and here I am agitated, you know. I see other people struggling with success, and that type of mindset stuff is really where I like to help people because I'm, uh, I'm a huge uh, – I'm a big old geek when it comes to, to, to breakthroughs and mindset. So I do all of this to be able to meet guys like you, to be able to meet guys like Don, to be able to meet guys like Matt and Ryan and, and, and the Blaine brothers and all those people that were there um, – because as in the conversations, I will say, look, this is what I struggled with. This is what you can do to help. Uh, and this is how I can help you. You know, so, so it sounds weird, but there is almost this sense of brotherhood uh, and sisterhood in which I could, you know, because to me it's about that. You know, Tony Robbins calls it like two degrees. Sometimes that's really the, the difference that makes a difference. And, and mindset is the difference that makes a difference. Because all of us can, everything could be going good, and yet we feel like we're failures. You know, there was a moment where I wanted to flip 10 houses a month, and I was only flipping three at the time, and here I am flipping five, and because I didn't get to 10, I felt like a complete failure. You know, and, 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 um, and here I am holding millions of dollars of assets, all holding all of these cash flow properties, and because I bought one, and that they couldn't get financed because it didn't have a driveway or some stuff. Here I am feeling like a failure. You know, here I am, I go home uh, and, and, and feel like a failure sometimes. So I do all of this to be able to elevate that vibe uh, that, that makes us, you know, that, that like, you know, there's always a moment where we, we almost we feel we can do no wrong. And I don't mean that in an egotistic way. It just feels like sometimes you get in a groove. And that you make that right call, you contact the right client, and 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 then everything just starts kind of flowing. You know, I, I I'm a big proponent of always finding that because I do believe that's the entrepreneur spirit. And you and I, I think we're the only ones who use that term over the weekend multiple times, and yeah, because absolutely. that to me is a is a vital part to anything. Get me an entrepreneur, and I'll get that person to sell milk. And be successful. Give me right. an entrepreneur, and I and 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 they can sell glass successfully. And right. it's not about the product; it's about the way these individuals, you know, display themselves and 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 literally self-actualize. Because that's really the end game for me. I know it was a long, weird answer, but man, it's legit stuff for me. I don't know if anybody else followed you, but I did. And, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. Um, I've recently had the the honor of going back to my old high school, and I get to teach a real estate investing course. And I only get to go every other week for the first semester, so I get eleven classes with them. I spent half of my first class talking to them not about real estate, but just about mindset and the mentality right. that it takes, because. I do. I agree with everything that you just said. It, it's more than just numbers and ARV and how are we going to finance right. and things like That's that. Right. It, that. That gets old real fast. That's right. And 
the sexiness of it goes away. But That's right. when you have the, the mindset, and what I, what I tried to teach them was is every day you wake up, and it doesn't matter how much money is in your bank account, but you have the choice of whether you want to be wealthy or whether you're going to be poor. That's, That's your right. choice. And every single I, day. Right. And I got told that. And when I got told that, I'm going to tell you right now, I was broke, but I was not poor. And I literally right. started telling people, I'm wealthy. And they would right. just look at me like, what are you talking about, dude? I don't care. <laughs> and I'm like, it, it's not for you. It's for me. That's and right. so that's what I told the kids. I said, go around and just start telling people, I'm going to be that's wealthy. Right. I am wealthy. I'm already that's wealthy. Right. I'm on right. the path. I'm going to get there because once you have money, you realize being wealthy isn't about having money. It, it's right. far greater than that. You find fulfillment in many other ways. Yeah, the money's great. We all make good money, especially right now. The real estate investing is very hot. It's easy. Um, but it's more so than that. It's about buying into to our own systems and, right. and listening to other people like yourself and, and Don and, and other people that are in this industry that have had the ups and downs and trying to figure out how we're going to avoid the downs and just continue right. to go up. And a lot of that is in your head and how you approach every day. So I very much appreciate you sharing that. Um, it's probably the most important thing to me regarding this podcast is that I let everybody hear from successful investors and entrepreneurs what the mindset is. Why do we do what we do? That's right. It's real easy to work for someone else. My That's why right. is why I go to a job is so I can get a paycheck so I can pay my bills. That's why I go work for someone else. Why right. do you go work for by yourself or for yourself? I mean, I don't know about you. Everybody's different. We're entrepreneurs. We're allowed to be different. But for me, I wake up earlier and more excited to go to work for myself because I don't want to let myself down or the people that work for me. So. All right. That, so it, that nailed people, it, man. That was yeah, well said, man. No, that was All well right. said, man. So for the people that are listening and want to reach out and contact you, what's the best way that they can contact you? The best way to be would be to email uh, to email me. Let me think here. What would be the best? I, have, I could even give my cell phone. Texting is probably best, man. I there think I'm. Uh, That's how we do it here. We give cell phone numbers. Yeah, I give cell phone, man. And my cell phone is area code 909-997-1676. Again, that's area code 909-997-1676. And I will answer any questions, reach out to anybody. Um, I really am, man. I really have never been a person who's like, nah, I don't got time for that. I think right now, without without, I didn't even know that I really was, but I think I'm mentoring probably about four people right now who who reached out to me and and you know they're they're just kind of they kind of reach out to me every other day and be like I'm doing this what should I do? Um, but there's zero um, there's zero there's nothing there for me to say of any resistance. If anybody feels like hey man this 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 or I'm 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 all open. If you guys want to know how. If you guys want to get any of the attorneys who do the private funds and all that for you, I can get that. If you need to know who who can hammer uh, some drywall for you in the UN <laughs> Empire, I'll tell you. It doesn't matter, man. I mean, this is what we're here for. Alberto, I, I think those guys have a, a great uh, mentor in you. 
I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with your business. Uh, you know, I try to keep these interviews to to 30 minutes or less, and that's just not enough time to to ask you all the questions that I want to ask you. So I'll have to have you back on another time because I'd really I'd like to dive into to more of the fund and and also some marketing. We didn't even talk about marketing. Oh, well, we didn't even talk about marketing. That's we right. didn't even that's talk right. about I mean, it. I but got some, I got some, I, yeah, I got some nuggets, some ninja stuff. So <laughs> if, if I ever get back on here, man, I I I don't mind whatever you guys want to break it down. Um, uh, I, I'm down. I think you and you and Cassie were just were just amazing, man. So, so I uh, thank you. I, appreciate you know, that. I'm I'm here for you guys, man. Let's keep in touch. And and your audience has a great person to listen to in you, man. So I appreciate thank everything you. you've done, man. All right, Berto. You have a great day. You too, buddy. All right, bye bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, R.J. Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault.